I can't imagine what it's like to not have this illness. And this woman, she spent all she had and lost everything in hopes that she can find a cure. Some of you have had physical problems that cannot be helped by doctors. Some of you have spent a lot of money trying to get these things solved. You can relate with her. On the other side, even worse, imagine having a child that was at the point of death and imagine that you can't do anything about it. Imagine that child dying. Some of you have experienced just that. For others of you with children, that is your worst nightmare. The children that you have been given to take care of are so fragile. They're so fragile in our hands. They take so much more than our power to keep them alive. It's scary to think about how fragile we actually are. It's scary to think about how powerless we actually are. How dependent we are. We are not independent. We're getting ready to celebrate Independence Day, but I think it's good to realize just how dependent we actually are. The very air we breathe, the food we eat, Our very belly button proves that we've been dependent since the moment of our conception. We live day in and day out by the mercy of God. And thanks be to God that the steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every single morning. Now, some people would say, I deserve better than what I have. I don't deserve to have to go through all the trouble that I go through. But if God were to give us what we deserve, none of us would be here at all. We have committed treason against God by our sin. In our sin, we confess. We confess, I deserve nothing. You know how much that means? Nothing. (laughs) I deserve nothing except temporal and eternal punishment. That's what we deserve. But God gives us mercy. In order for us to live in this world, God sets up rules. Rules that the sum of them is love. Romans 13 says the sum of all the commandments is love. Those rules we have broken. And yet, God does not give us the penalty for those rules. God allows us to live, and he even has come to give us everlasting life. God's reason for doing so is because of who He is. For God so loves the world. God is love. 
Perfect love drives out, casts away fear. It is who God is. He loves you. He wants you to be with Him even though you don't deserve it. And He has made a dwelling place. I missed a a quote here. It says, God made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way toward Him and find Him. God has put us where we are. God has put us with the people that we live with. And He has done this in order that we should know Him. His whole desire is that you would come to a knowledge of that forgiveness that he has earned for you. Now sometimes the circumstances of living in this fallen world are hard to deal with. Earlier we referenced incurable diseases and lost children. These are two of the hardest things that can be seen in this world. And some of you have experienced them. Now God does not plot evil against people who suffer for these losses. It's not any particular thing that they did. All sin has been paid for, remember, on the cross of Jesus. But he can use these things in your life to draw you closer to him. What the devil means for evil, God can use for the good to accomplish the saving of our souls. In our gospel lesson, we see this very thing taking place. We see a man named Jairus losing his little girl. The the threat of his loss made him lose all dignity that came with his position as one of the rulers of the synagogue. The threat of losing his daughter caused him to throw himself at the feet of Jesus, saying, my little girl is at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her so that she may be well and live. Jairus' situation drove him to the feet of Jesus. I want you to understand this. As one of the rulers of the synagogue, before his point of need, Jesus was his enemy. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the people in rulership positions, they didn't, tr- they, they didn't trust Jesus. They were afraid that Jesus was going to, he was going to take away their jobs. But his need drove him to this place where he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. In his regular life, he probably, most likely, wouldn't have wanted to come to him. But he was desperate. We're talking about his little girl. The devil showed no mercy to his fam- to Jairus' family. 
And he realized just how fragile he was and how weak he was to protect his little girl. He had to turn to the one who could make things right. He turned to Jesus and put his faith in him. Now Jairus, now Jesus healed his little girl. He took his daughter by the hand and said, Little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And Jesus charged them that they should tell no one this and told them to give her something to eat. He healed her. He gave the, he gave the opportunity for the family to trust in God through himself. Now, did that little girl live forever at that point? No. She still died. As did her father. As did her mother. As did every person that was weeping inside of that house. They all still died. But God used this instance to show that through his son Jesus, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And this moment in time had an effect on eternity. God cared. They understood this. We look at this scene and we see God cares. Did Jesus heal everyone that he had met with diseases? No. He once walked into a multitude uh, of diseases, of people that were uh, sick. At the pool of Bethsaida, he healed only one. And even his apostle, Paul, the one who probably told more people about Jesus than anybody else in the world, had a thorn in his flesh that would not be removed. Jesus would not remove it. As Jesus raised every child that ever died before their time? No. But everyone that dies before their time, though the devil means it for evil, God can use it for good. When someone dies, we are reminded of our ultimate future. We are frail. We are weak. And in our weakness, we seek out mercy in the person of Jesus. I once pastored a church where in one pew one Sunday, I had four people, four mothers that had all lost adult children. And the most recent one to lose her adult child had just recently started coming back to church. I'll tell you, you know, when you deal with something like that, people are more drawn to hear about Jesus than it any other situations I, I've been in. I, she, the, she would have had me come out every day. 
we recognize that we are weak. We need His strength. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Our frailty turns us to Him who is strong. And in our weakness, our Jesus washes us clean and gives us new life in baptism. And this new life is not like the new life that he gave to Jairus' daughter. For this new life will give us everlasting life with him, granted that we do not leave the faith that he gives us. I say this all the time, but it's worth repeating. This life is this short. It's so short. You live what? You know, 90 90 years if if you're truly blessed, 100, 100 years perhaps. But that's a blink of an eye. You know, how old is America? It's going on 240 uh, 242 years old, right? That's nothing. <laughs> That's nothing. Compare it to eternity. That's forever. And yet where we are, what happens to us here, God came into time to restore unto us life eternal. By dying and taking on our sin. He cares for us. Those weaknesses, such as the woman who bled for 12 years, such as the father who, at, who gave up his dignity to turn for help, the bad things in your life aren't necessarily bad things, especially if they turn you to he who is strong. I think about the lowest points in my life. Those are, the, those are the points where you couldn't get me out of God's word. God used those bad things that lasted for but a breath, if you think about it, even though they lasted for years. They're but a breath. And they kept me in God's word. They kept me clinging to the one who has effect on my eternal life. And the peace that he gave me in these temporal situations, they keep me in him. When I come to, for when I come to that moment, I pray to God, where I breathe my last breath. When, I, when God causes me to give up my spirit, where I pass through temporal life into eternity. It's those moments. It's those moments that God uses to bring us his word. So whatever you're struggling with, physical, emotional, take them to the Lord. He will do for you what is best even if you don't feel like it. For Paul, it meant that he continued in his struggle. 
in his strife. For Jairus and the the woman, in our gospel today, it meant physical healing. In all situations, including yours, Jesus knows what is best. The Lord will not cast off forever. But though he cause grief, he will give compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not willingly afflict or aggrieve the children of men. He does want what's best for you. He wants for you to turn to him and the gifts that he brings. And he desires for you to rest in his grace and mercy, both now and forevermore. And now the peace that surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.